0: Hello and welcome to your weekly roundup of all the latest news and ramble, really about the world of electric cars from the team at electrifying.com this week. In, I think it's fair to say, another mad week for all things electric, we once again seem to have an episode that is in danger of appearing to be sponsored by Stellantis, who simply (laughs) can't stop launching new cars. Um, Nicola and Tom, who we have, have both been to drive cars that you can't actually buy, which does seem slightly counterintuitive to me, but I'm open to hearing more about that. And on the subject of buying cars, we'll be asking if that delay to the 2030 ban on the sale of new petrol and diesel cars will actually make any difference at all welcome to the kilowatt half hour i'm Ginny, and we've got a full house today we have nicola hello nicola hi babies hi we have we have mike if you change to your desk mike
1: change my desk well uh, yes i well yeah i've got something chained else to, to your dri- desk. chained to my desk yeah well I'm, I'm, I'm i have been chained to my desk but i have driven something else this week so this is good news this is good news
0: good news and and tom who is oh, yeah. is back from from Norway?
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah no, it was Sweden actually. But I've been driving oh, interesting, same, same things. Place. <laughs> interesting things.
0: Interesting things. Interesting um, things. <laughs> so can we just talk about Stellantis? And just like, why have Stellantis just decided to launch about a million electric cars all at once? Does anybody understand what what that that's all about? Yeah. It- it's been chaotic, hasn't
3: it? It's been a it's been a crazy, crazy, busy couple of weeks with all of their launches overlapping each other. It's it's like all of the brands haven't communicated with each other, and Ooh. they've gone, let's let's go for the same couple of weeks. That'll be fun.
0: <laughs> so let's kick off with you, Nicola, because you have been all over the place. Just talk us through your your last seven days of driving.
3: Yeah, I've had a busier seven days than Craig David (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so last week I went to Italy oh my goodness right so as a fan of the Italian job I think you knew you knew how excited I was about this trip about going to the fiat factory and it was everything I hoped it would be this was to go for the the 600e first drive which can I say um was just okay Okay. did it knock did it knock my socks off no did I get mega excited about it no it's basically like a a curvier Jeep Avenger they're pretty much the, the same vehicle but just they look exactly the same
0: on the inside they just look a bit different on the outside but the whole entire trip was wonderful <laughs> <laughs> you Got excited about the trip, not necessarily the car. Yes. Were, you, were you particularly excited about the roof of Fiat's factory? Would you like to talk about
3: that? Oh my goodness, right. So, if you've ever seen the Italian job, you know that they drive around and they end up going up and they end up going on the roof and uh, going on the roof. And they've been testing cars up there for the last hundred years. And that factory has now turned into a hotel. They've now got a coffee shop and everything up the top. And the bank, as you take the curve around the side is so steep they would take cars up to 90 miles an hour around this corner on the roof of the factory it's awesome I loved it I, lo- I just loved standing on that roof going oh, this is amazing any sort of car fan would be stood on that roof going pinch me I'm living my best life and then the car was fine
0: But you obviously paid (laughs) attention during the museum tour because you know all the facts, Nick. I'm really impressed with that. And if you do want to see Nicola's ecstatic uh, face at living the Dolce Vita, is that right? Do you live the Dolce Vita, Tita? Oh, I don't know. uh, Enjoying La Dolce Vita. There's a great photograph of you just kind of lounging back on the car, on the thumbnail. So go and check that video out. Can I
3: say that's not me lounging back. I'm basically stood upright. It's that steep. I'm stood upright. (laughs) That's the car. The car is leaning. I'm stood upright. It's that steep on the bank that it looks like I'm fully leaning back. It's a really weird picture.
2: Were you worried that the car was going to topple over?
3: Yes. Did it feel really weird driving up there? Yes, it did. And you had to really shove the doors to shut the doors when you're sort of getting in and out while it's parked on the bank like that. It's so cool, though. It's such a cool cool place. And then you went to Crumplebury. Yeah, which, can I just say, is the most adorable-sounding place I think I've ever been to in my entire life. So we landed from Italy, jumped in the car at Heathrow, and myself and Manos uh, drove two and a half hours up to Worcester to go to Crumplebury Farm, which was just the sweetest thing. We got stopped by sheep in the middle of the night that blocked the road, so that added extra drama to our journey. But that was for the Peugeot event, so we got to drive the new E308, Um, which, can I just say, have very lovely indicator sounds, by the way, very, very nice, Um, and that's, uh, so that video, I think, comes out in a couple of weeks, but we also did a little walk around, because we spotted the new 2008, the E2008, and we were like, that looks quite different, so we shot a little bonus video, while we were there, of the main differences between the old E2008 and the new E2008, and that was, yeah, that ended up being a really crazy busy day and it rained but we got everything done and it was lovely and i i mean i am a fan of peugeot i love the driving position maybe not so much the perfect vehicle for someone like mike with super long legs having the low steering wheel and having to look
0: over the top but for me nice yeah, let's talk about that steering wheel for a moment. I know we, we digress and your week in car still hasn't finished, but so I ran an E208 for a, a quite a while, actually, and I really came to love the steering wheel, but my goodness me, it divides opinion, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it Would does, you does. like to comment on the steering wheel as somebody who is slightly taller than me, Nicola?
1: Well, yeah, as you know, I've got sort of comedy legs, so it's hard to kind of wrap them around, so I tend to sort of sit quite far back. Um, and I, Yeah, the way I, I couldn't, I can't really see... I can see the important bits, but I can't see all of that instrument binnacle with the way they've sort of placed it with the steering wheel. I mean, the graphics are lovely. It works really well, and they're probably fine for 95% of the people that buy it and and drive it. But for me, it was, um, yeah, it was was form over function. I couldn't quite see what the main instrument, so I couldn't really see how quick I was going.
0: I just love the way it feels when you drive, particularly in something like the E208, which is kind of really nice sort of little sporty car as well. I just, I really like it. Tom, are, mm. you, are you pro steering wheel, small no, steering well, wheel? Well,
2: I heard an interesting story the other day that somebody had returned their E208 because, you know, it's got that kind of 3D dashboard thing mm-hmm. and they wear glasses. And I think they might be like bifocals and they couldn't, they couldn't read the instruments. It just, it, they couldn't focus on it. So they couldn't see oh. any of the numbers on it. So they just went back to the dealer and said, This car doesn't work for me. I need to buy something else. Oh, <laughs> and, oh. and presumably no one in the Peugeot development team has bifocals. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Well, if anybody in the comments can can fill us in on that, or is it or knows who that person is or has experience of this, do certain infotainment screens, when they have those multi layered screens, does that potentially cause problems if you were bifocals? Is the
1: question we would like answering? I wear bif- bifocals and I, don't, I haven't had a problem with it. But what I do I, on, on this similar subject is, like, you know, the digital mirrors. I couldn't work out because in theory they're fine because they're showing exactly what's behind you, and there's you know there's, there's there's a logic to it all. But I couldn't work out why it felt really odd looking at them. And then it, it sort of dawned on me that because everything's flat, isn't it? Whereas if you look at a normal mirror, you can. You can focus your eyes on stuff that is, because you're right, we've automatically, none of us look through a rearview mirror and look at the back seats, mm. or unless you've got kids in there. You're always looking, your focal point is always way beyond that. With the digital mirror, because it puts mm. everything completely flat, you're just looking at that. So, And that's what, mm. I think that's what bugs me about them because they, I'm sure you get used to them. I mean, mm. and if anyone's got a digital rearview mirror and they love it and they've gone with it, I'd love to know how long it takes to adapt your eyes to it because I, I, just, can't, I just can't get on with them at all.
0: Well, uh, I don't well, think any well, of us like them, do they? No. I, I, I know, know. Nicola, Nicola hates them. <laughs> Tom, yeah, I, I
2: hate I hate them too, but um, <laughs> the area that I'm driving at the moment has one. And most of the time I leave it in the natural normal, sort of mirror thing. But when I went on holiday, it was packed up to the rafters. I had, you know, pillows and duvets and things. And then I'm like, well, I can't see out the back. So then I flicked it on and thought... This is when it's useful. Oh. Now I still didn't like it. I still would have much preferred a normal mirror, but it was better than looking at a
0: duvet. It that... was a necessity at the time. But would not you pay it's... extra for that one time in the year? Quite a, you know, that you don't want to look at a duvet. No, No, you wouldn't. Absolutely you just not. kind of you just make the kids shove it under the back seat and struggle on, <laughs> wouldn't you? Absolutely. Um, right, so um, we're going to come back to what you, else you've been driving as of today, Nicola, because I just want to flip to Tom, who has been to drive a car, not in in Norway, as I, as I suggested, sorry about that, in Sweden, um, which you actually can't buy. So come on, Tom, tell us no, about it, this. It's,
2: it's called the Zika X. Now, Zika is a brand that... And not many people will have heard of, um, and has just gone on sale in Germany and will go out to other European countries. It will probably come here early 2025, and it's part of Geely, which is an enormous conglomerate, and they most famously own um, Volvo and Lotus. They also, I think, build the London taxi, you know, the one that's uh, half electric, um, and they uh, they also have a share in, in Smart and the hashtag, well, which is a very impressive car. And this Zika, which is called the Zika X, is uh, 4.4 meters long. So it's about the same length as a Vauxhall Astra, but Mm -hmm. it's a bit more upright. I don't think they're pretending it's an SUV like the current fashion. But it's a really crazy looking thing, all sorts of folds on it and and mad lights. um, And it's unnecessarily fast, like lots of these cars are. Um, And uh, I can't tell you what it drives like yet, but uh, the, the technology on it is nuts. So my my favorite my favorite part although i'm not sure it's entirely useful is you, you know electric cars have a speaker in the front of them which makes that noise like Ooh, when you're moving off so you don't run over oh the air like
0: strings. like the one we don't like in the uh, in the BYD oh yeah. the dolphin yeah because it sounds like oh, a I creepy like that. Ice, cream the ice cream fan, fan. yeah that
2: nice. <laughs> but, well well the zika they thought well we've got a speaker why don't we make use of it so you can play your music from it so if you were at a beach party or a campsite or something you can just connect your phone and do that but also it has different settings so you can so make so, a noise so, like so,
0: a... sorry i have to just stop you there so so
1: tom's always you're at, beach are, you're at
0: the beach yeah. i'm at the mm-hmm. beach in my zika and, x mm-hmm. and i want to play some music and i can yep. play that out of the external speakers on the car mm. that use the pedestrian safety. Yeah, yeah, they're not the the best
2: quality either. It was was slightly tinny. But it would be better to open the doors and just have your stereo going, I would say. But what else you can do is it's got different settings for like preloaded noise. So you can make a noise like a pig or a horse (laughs) or a train (laughs) or, or a racing car. And you just press this button on the screen. So if you can do it in time, you can do that. But also you can say things like, after you. So if you're like letting somebody out in traffic, you can press it after and you can record your own things. And you can just imagine the chaos this is going to cause. Get out the way! All sort, oh yeah, I love that. All that sort of thing.
0: I love that. That will, so ne- I. Safe that, will, that will never ever come to the UK and Europe. All the fun stuff like that will be stopped because we never allowed anything great. Like the illuminated badges on cars. We're never ah, allowed well. those, are we?
2: Well, it's got an illuminated badge at the rear. And I thought I was being very clever. And I said, that's not allowed because it's white, the Zika badge. And they said, no, it turns off when you press, when you put it in drive. So it's oh, lit up. well played. Until, oh, I like,
0: really, really mm-hmm. do hope they include that in the, the cars that we get in the UK. Because I just love the idea of being able to record, get out of the way.
1: <laughs> A bit aggressive. Bit, love bit
0: aggressive. it. Mike, what have you been driving? <laughs>
1: I have been driving this week um, a 2024 model year Jaguar I-Pace. Now, as we know, as we discussed oh. on a previous podcast, it's it's kind of, it's, oh, it's almost like a wake for the, the, the I-Pace because it's getting canned from 2025. So it's still got all next year. So this is kind of the last hurrah really. And we, I know we were talking about it um, earlier this morning in so much as if you'd got into an I-Pace three years ago, four years ago when it first came out, you'd be, Gobs back to how good it was, you know. They have 200 mile plus range, all the trappings of a, yeah. a normal Jaguar, and it drove really nicely. And I think it just goes to show how quickly the market has developed. That this is a 2020, it's a 80 grand car, but it feels like a bit of a relic. In, not inside it doesn't, but the, the 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 figures do. You know, 90 kilowatt hour battery, and the, the most they going to get out of it is a real world kind of 240. 250 miles it just feels like very inefficient it feels like a car from yesteryear and it's got some lovely things It's got air suspension it's got all the gadgets and things you'd want but you kind of think jaguar had this lead on everybody didn't they they were you know bmw were still fanning around with a i3 and i8s and those kind of things and nobody else had pure electric stuff jaguar had a real march on this even before you know sort of tesla time really you look at how far tesla's advanced with the stuff they brought out, the yeah. IPace just feels like oh, such a missed opportunity. I'm angry for them, really, because it was a real, a real chance know. to kind of lead the game.
0: I know, at, at risk of repeating ourselves, I, I join you in the anger. I know Nicola doesn't love the IPace; she made that abundantly <laughs> clear in an episode a few weeks ago. So, um, <laughs> but I'm very much in your camp, Mike. I just, I thought that was like a piece, a thing of wonder when it came out. I was just so, it, it, it was such a groundbreaking car, and it's, it makes me really sad that it's been sort of left to crumble. It's mm. like some kind of beautiful house that's owned by an oligarch that's not lived in on that millionaire's row in London and it just gets sort of left to crumble away. And that's what I think a bit about the I-Pace. It's just lovely, but it's just been left to sadly crumble away. That's miserable now, yep. isn't it? it cheer, is, things yeah. up cheer, cheer, cheer things okay, up Cheer things up. Okay, Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite dark of me. Um, uh, Nicola, so you, you've been to drive another car today that we can't buy because they've sold them all. <laughs> well, well. Well. Technically, technically uh, yes, but also technically no.
3: Okay. Um, so today I spent the day in Canberra Sands with the Citroën Ami buggy. First time driving an Ami. What a cracking little thing it is. I, I love it. I love it. And it's just, it, I mean, it's, it, it's ridiculous. The, the, car, the whole vehicle is ridiculous. But there's something that's just a real pleasure about it. Now, look, they've made uh, 40 of them and they sold out like that. They're gone. So you can't get any of those 40. However, I was told today that there will be some on the way, possibly in the future. Wig, ah. wig,
1: hot <laughs> off
0: <the> press. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's a funny thing, the army, isn't it? Because again, it divides opinion massively. Have we all driven the army? Have you driven it, Tom? Yeah.
2: yeah. Mike, you driven... fan.
0: Oh, see, I just love it. it. Just fills me with joy. I think I, it's I... just such a clever. Go on, Mike.
1: I think there's going there to be a grump, Mike. You no, I'm not. Grumpy? There's just, there's, there's one, there's one thing on that, on um, the Ami cargo and on the Ami buggy, I keep calling it cargo, the Ami buggy that uh, the, the, on the steering wheel, they have the sort of zip in bag, don't they? That the, you can um, <laughs> yeah. keep your key, you keep your keys or your, um, or your mobile phone. in. It's, it strikes me as a very sort of strange attitude to risk. You know, do you want a car with an airbag? Are you more worried about, you know, having a collision and hurting yourself or you're more worried about losing your keys you know that's the decision you've got to make with it with an amy <laughs> you know it's just, <laughs> because then, it is i mean it's, it's I, mean, I think it's, it's i know i think it's great that stuff like this exists i really do and the fact that someone can actually sort of you know sell these things they are great they I mean, i think it'd be a sad world if we stopped building things like that but uh yeah i'm you know I, I i liked it not enough to think i really want to lie awake at night thinking how i can afford one but nicola you you would you, would you be fully sign up would you be happy to sort of punch around in one of those day to day
3: i mean i don't i don't know what i'd do with it i don't know where i'd put it and i don't know how i would drive it because like once once you get somewhere you've got to go straight back because you're only got 46 miles in it so yeah. There's a part of me that really wants one, though. I think they're just, they're they're such, they're they're stupid little vehicles. But I think they're brilliant. And honestly, spending the day, you felt every little lump and bump in the road. mm. It was stupidly windy. There's nowhere to put your stuff. There's no sound system. We were given a little speaker thing. There's no sound system. There's just a little place to hold your phone. There is a USB socket so you can plug your phone in if you want to. And that's it. That's it. I but know. I kind of like the charm of that. Maybe I would get one to just, I don't
0: know, go and pick up Takeaway or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The interesting thing about the Ami is that when, when they were first coming over, they thought, Sitchin thought that it would be a lot of younger younger drivers would have them because of course in france you can because of the classification you can drive them at 14 we don't have that in the uk you need a full license to drive one but i think they still thought that it would be you know a younger profile used a lot in cities and actually they've had quite a lot of older people who are buying them and that was one of the things that struck me when i very first had the ami which is probably like 2020, December 2020, we got one in the UK. And this old guy, at this, the older guy at this farm that we were filming at came up to me and was like, oh, that's really interesting, what is it? And I talked to him and he went, I'm going to have one. I don't want a car anymore. And I've got an electric bike and I get wet. And all I want to do is pop into town and go <laughs> to the doctor's. And 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 it's and it's actually more those kind of people who just want something that's going to keep them dry. They're not bothered about doing long journeys. They just want to pop around town. And it's actually a lot of a lot of older buyers, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so, but so anyway, yes, hot off the press, you can in fact quite possibly potentially wink wink soon <laughs> buy an army buggy in the future at
3: some point, possibly, potentially, maybe, definitely. Watch this space. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like we probably need to move on to the elephant in the room of the last week, which is why we didn't really get a podcast out at the end of last week, because, oh, the government, I mean, astonishingly, really, because, you know, who, who would have thought they'd have done this? They changed their mind on something, which caused quite a lot of... Um, challenges and quite a lot of rounds of media interviews and different things talking about this when they pushed the ban back to 2035 on the sale of new petrol and diesel cars in the UK from 2030. Would anybody like to start on this one? Tom, Mike, have you got thoughts you'd like to share? Will it make a difference, do we think?
2: Well, I, I can't see that it's going to make a difference because what they've said is that Okay, you haven't got this this ban anymore from twenty thirty um, to twenty thirty five, but the car manufacturers are still going to have to sell these cars because they've still got this quota that they have to do. So you've said to the consumers there won't be a ban anymore, but the manufacturers will say, "Well, we're just going to have to still build and sell all these cars." Yeah.
0: So, so this, I honestly
2: so... think, I honestly think that it won't make that much difference anyway. It's just that people won't have this ban hanging over them, but by then. Petrol and diesel cars will be so expensive. Electric cars will be better. The infrastructure will be better. And everyone will want to buy them anyway.
0: That's and this is this thing called the zero emission vehicle mandate, the ZEV mandate, which, funnily enough, didn't really get talked about in, in Rishi's announcement last week, did he? just sort of glossed over that. And this is this, this mandate that will require from the 1st of January next year manufacturers to sell a certain percentage of pure battery electric cars. So from the 1st of January next year, it's got to be, I think it's 22%, and that rises up to 100% in 30, uh, 2035. But by 2030, it's got to be 80%. So they have to sell, 80% of their fleet has to be battery electric. That is still quite a lot of electric cars on our road. So I actually, I mean, I just don't think anything's going to change really, apart from it's suddenly got quite a lot harder for manufacturers to sell their cars. And maybe that will bring about more affordable models. I don't know. What's your take on it, Mike?
1: Well, I think there's there's a couple of things, isn't there? I mean, the fact that the manufacturers aren't really going to change their trajectories because they're like, you know, like cruise ships, they can't turn around very quickly. So they'll still have all their plans in to be fully electric, you know, maybe not by 2030, but by 2035. But there's also there's a new round of exhaust emissions, Euro seven, which is currently still in the kind of the kicking the can around in terms of what that's going to be. But if that comes in, it will obviously replace Euro six, and that means that the 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 maximum CO2 that a car can generate is, is gonna be way lower than it currently is. I think they're talking about sixty which will enforce some form of electrification anyway so it'll be a you know it's going to be a hybrid system anyway so there aren't going to be any pure petrol and pure diesel cars much beyond 25 26 that i can see coming out so it's as you said it's not really going to change what's coming out the market is shifting to it it might potentially slow mm-hmm. down the uptake from people who are, who are thinking well maybe i'll hang on i'll get another i'll get another cycle and i'll have another car for three years then go on to electric but I don't see it I don't I, you know I think the manufacturers are just all fully committed to, to doing electric and I can't see them really backing out from that they're not going to suddenly reinstate pure diesel engines it's 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 on its way
0: it's just not, I, I love that when you started to get all the announcements from the various car makers after that about you know what what they thought of it and um the two that came out very firmly, and yes, this is a very pragmatic approach, and we're, we're very supportive <laughs> yeah, of this with Jaguar Land Rover and, yeah. and Toyota. Toyota yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough.
1: <laughs> and Ford state, For, Ford went, Ford went mad though, didn't they? They really kind of said, oh you know, we mind. need clarity, we need organisation, and one other thing. And we we're, yeah. were getting none, none of those from the government. It absolutely, absolutely tore them off a strip. Um, you know, the and money it, they've and invested. It
0: does, yeah exactly and it and it does really you look at you know jaguar land rover and toyota and think yeah yeah there's probably quite a few people in your boardroom Mm. is quite happy about this news because you don't really seem to have a strategy yet when it comes to electrification but hey ho gives them an extra five years to get their act together um so um one thing that um we need to do more of um is actually reply to your comments because actually uh, it's been really busy. And I went through and I was reading some of the comments from the podcast and it's really lovely. And it's great that you guys are getting just actually listening and commenting. I don't know why I'm always quite surprised when people put things in. So I thought that we should go through some of the comments. And the first thing I want to say is that in the last podcast, we were talking about um, a charging hub that had opened in Kettering. Do you remember this? We were saying. Oh yeah, yeah, they said
1: they opened. They opened up. I think there was yeah. People they were going to open up um, charging hubs in the big areas, such as um, Heathrow Airport and Kettering. That was it. Yeah, wasn't it? So yeah. I
0: know. And and I want to kind of apologise really, because we did get quite a few people pointing out that Kettering is a lovely place, and I don't think we were actually saying that Kettering wasn't great. It was just we, we were curious about where. Where the the um, the 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 where the drivers were going to come from, you know what who yeah. who was passing by, and, and John was one of the many people. John Fenn said Kettering is on the A fourteen in the A six. The hub is very convenient and just the right distance for EV drivers from the east of England heading for the Midlands, Wales, and the Northwest. So apologies, we were not being disparaging about Kettering in any way, shape, or form, and um, we are glad now that the east of England has a good connection for charging. I think. I think yeah. as
1: punishment, I should I should go to that hub, shouldn't I, really, and check it out.
3: Yes, Good. I think you should. Yeah. Okay. As so.
1: soon as we've finished, I'll, be, I'll go in that In item. a light case.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, just coming back to that thing we're talking about with um, with Jaguar Landra being one of those who liked the announcement. There's an, an interesting one here from Dave Lenderson who said, we're talking about brands reinventing themselves And about how Jeep, you know, why can't Jeep produce a city car? You know, is is it is it fine for them to do that? And he just said, you know, thoughts of brands reinventing themselves. Just imagine how great a small city car called the City Range Rover Electric would be. And and you do think that, don't you? You know, they are. What are they doing now? They're missing a trick, aren't they? Because it would. Can you imagine a little cute baby Range Rover type electric city car that was all small and compact and smaller than an evoke. Could like be
1: fabulous, a sort of, couldn't like it? Like a Suzuki Jimny, which, was, uh, which I really yeah. liked. <gasps> if that was if that electric Jimny yeah. and it had a Range Rover, or even yeah. like a Land Rover, like a baby Defender kind of look, we'd be all over that, wouldn't we?
0: A mini G-Wagon. Oh, a mini G-Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love a baby, I'd love a little electric Jimny. Yeah. I oh pop. i love the chimney so much that would be really nice wouldn't it um and then <laughs> great update with somebody from mark who said the big question was not asked do any of you know what the big question is we need to apparently <laughs> be asking on this podcast
1: yeah i think i do yeah what color are you going to paint your oh walls? the colors <laughs> the walls. yes oh.
0: So I wasn't here. I wasn't here on the last recording. So what? What? What did? What happened? Because so this is my office slash spare room slash like wardrobe in here. Like you know, yeah. like it has a lot of purposes. This room, and I've been for ages wanting to paint it because it's a really like it's a bit grubby in here. If I'm honest. And I've had, I have painted about a year and a half ago, two paint samples no, no, no. on the wall, one yellow and one blue. And uh, yeah, I think everybody's like wanting to know which colour am I going to go for? And more to the point, when am I going to do it? Yeah. And uh, Evie, Steve said, not the boring brown. He doesn't want the boring brown. It's actually no. dark blue, Steve, but it's hard yeah. to tell. He thinks more a bright blue or a green. So yeah, mm. if you want to like get involved with this one about me painting the walls, I'm basically waiting for my dad to come down because my dads brilliant at all this. They're coming for a week in November, so we've got until then to decide. And then my dad's going to paint it. I like I a, a t- sagey green.
1: It's time for a Twitter I don't poll, know why. Then, isn't it? Just
0: do a Twitter yeah. poll. <laughs> we could do a Twitter poll. We could. We could.
1: Oh, <laughs> X, poll. sorry. Excellent, and
0: then Anthony um, messaged to say, top video, we thought it might, I just thought, thought it might be interesting to get a slightly better view on the people on the channel who don't, can't join the Kilowatt Half Hour podcast, what they'll be doing over the week. But, but, but we're kind of it with the car stuff, aren't we? It's sort of us. It really is us. There's other people on the team, but uh, Nikki, Nikki is off still being a mum with her third, her third baby, who I'm going to meet uh, this week, finally. And, uh, yeah, we are, we, are the, we are the team of the drivers, aren't we? You've got us all on here today.
1: Yeah, well, there's it, also
0: Manos, but
3: Manos would have to come with subtitles, I think, because his accent is harsh. so strong. <laughs> Which I
0: really want to get him on here, but he keeps refusing. Right, let us know in the comments below if you think we should get Manos, our incredible head of video, who actually knows, amazing. A, lot, knows a lot about cars, onto the podcast one week. And if we show him your comments, and you want him, then maybe, maybe he'll come on. Tom, you're shaking your head.
2: I'm just thinking he <laughs> yeah. knows a lot about cars, but knowing his car, <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm not sure that
2: says a lot about his taste.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, he's fallen in love with the Avenger. Completely fallen in love with it. Yeah, it's it's. He won't stop talking about it. He it's does. A strange really car, for him to like. He really likes yeah.
0: yeah, it. I know, but he's. Yeah. You know what Manos is like. Yeah, yes. we love him, but you know what he's like. <laughs> anyway <laughs> right so thank you for your comments do keep them coming um, I think we should wrap it up now because we've done our kilowatt half hour what do you reckon gang Yeah. videos dropping soon oh, you've got a Zika video Tom we've got Nicola's first drive of the E308 an Amy, buddy yeah. lots heading your way please do subscribe if you aren't already because it does make a difference and do let us know what you think and all your comments um, below because we will read them from now on because they're really nice. Thank you. That's it from us. See you next time.
3: Bye. Bye.